Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, January 31st, and the Olympics start this week. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion, and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so like I said, the Olympics start this week, so we have a lot to get to, but we are going to start with NBA basketball. LeBron missed the second half of the road games to get treatment on his left knee. Last night was the third straight game without LeBron and the Lakers lost to the Hawks 129 to 121. They were beating the Hawks and had the best shooting percentage in the NBA of any first half this season at 71.4% before the Hawks and more specifically Trey Young went off in the fourth quarter to win. The Hawks have now won seven games in a row and the Lakers are now five and 10 without LeBron. The Warriors got the better of the Nets on Saturday night, 110 to 106, but the Nets were without Harden due to a hand strain. That wasn't the only injury issue for the Nets, though, and the Brooklyn team lost LaMarcus Aldridge in the fourth quarter to an ankle sprain. Moving on to NCAA action. So Monday's Big 12 showdown lived up to expectations with number 13 Texas Tech taking the Jayhawks to second overtime before KU won 94-91. to Number three, Arizona went down to number seven, UCLA, on Tuesday, 59-75. to 59 is not a good score for a total game. And number 24, Illinois, took down number 10, Michigan State, by one point. Number 21, Xavier, couldn't get it done against number 17, Providence. And newly ranked number 25, Davidson, Steph Curry's alma mater, lost their first-ranked game to VCU 70-68. Number 15, USC, lost to Stanford by three. And heading into the SEC Big 12 Challenge weekend, number one, Auburn, put the beat down on Oklahoma 86-68. Alabama pulled off an upset of the week, beating the highest-ranked Big 12 team, number four, Baylor, 87-78. And then continuing with the SEC wins, number 12, Kentucky, beat number five, Kansas, in the game of the winningest basketball programs in history. Texas and TCU were the only Big 12 teams to pull off upsets against their SEC rivals, beating number 18 Tennessee by one and number 19 LSU by nine, respectively. Wrapping up the weekend, number six Purdue had a late three pointer to beat number 16 Ohio State, and number 17 Providence had a good week and beat number 22 Marquette. In all the fields on a Monday, Texas Andrew Jones said he will donate a portion of his NIL deals to cancer research after he underwent treatment for leukemia earlier in his college career. He has partnered with the V Foundation to donate 10%, and Jones was diagnosed in 2018 when he was the leading scorer for the Longhorns, and he underwent chemo and missed a good portion of the last two seasons, but is back now. Also, number one, Auburn has locked up their head coach until 2013. 30 for $50 million, which is about $5.4 million a year. Bruce Pearl is 61, so needless to say, he will likely retire working for Auburn. Auburn is ranked number one for the first time ever, and Pearl led them to their first Final Four in 2019. 
In the other huge story of the weekend, the Super Bowl is set. It will be the Cincinnati Bengals versus the LA Rams at SoFi Stadium on February 13th. Happy Valentine's Day, ladies. This will be Super Bowl 56, and the halftime show is a bunch of rap artists like Eminem, uh, Dr. Dre, and Missy Elliott. So first of all, the Rams versus the 49ers game was scoreless until nine minutes left in the first half, and the Rams drew first blood. Then the 49ers scored 17 points to take the lead to 17-7 in the fourth quarter. But Matthew Stafford was not to be denied. The Rams came back to win 20-17 to with a field goal in the final two minutes. Matthew Stafford was drafted in 2009 to the Lions, but was traded to the Rams for the 2021 season and has now made his first Super Bowl. And the Bengals are the AFC champions for the first time since 1989. To put that in perspective, I wasn't even born yet. As they beat the Chiefs in overtime 27-24. to This game also ended in a walk-off field goal. But it wasn't because of the bogus NFL OT rules this time either. Mahomes and the Chiefs actually won the toss, but threw an interception on third down to give Cincinnati the chance. The team then marched down the field and kicked a 31-yarder to punch their ticket to Super Bowl 56. At one point, with two minutes left in the half, the Bengals were trailing by 18 points. Now, this is the first half, but still. They then began a 21 unanswered point run, and the Chiefs only managed a field goal in the second half at all. Okay, so you probably have also seen the Tom Brady's retiring, he's not retiring, whole shenanigans that has gone on. Basically what happened was ESPN kind of blew it and broke the news earlier than they should have because it was not confirmed that Tom Brady was going to retire. So to retire or not to retire, that is the question that Tom Brady is asking himself. However, he is the only one who will make that decision. And so far as of Monday night, that decision has not been made. Really quickly, I'm going to hit on golf and only because It was Luke List who won his first PGA Tour title at the Farmers Insurance Open over the weekend. He he beat Will Zalatoris and Jason Day, who were leading going into the final round, and List was actually five strokes back. List turned pro in 2007 and made the PGA Tour in 2013, so it's been a long time coming. Obviously, the other major news, duh, the Olympic Games start Friday, or at least that's the opening ceremonies. Technically, curling and luge begin on Wednesday, but the first day of medals will be February 5th. Those first medals going out will be in the biathlon, cross-country skiing, freestyle skiing, short track speed skating, ski jumping, and speed skating. For the full schedule, check out the blog. I also hope to have a post coming out later this week on what athletes to watch when we have the best chance for USA medals and all of that. But so excited that the Olympics are back. Also, in men's soccer, Team USA beat El Salvador earlier in the week to put themselves in a great spot to qualify for the World Cup. However, they played number one Canada on Sunday, and it did not go well. Canada won 0-2, with a goal being scored in just the seventh minute of the game. 
So where does that leave U.S. men's national team for World Cup qualifying? Well, if Mexico beats Costa Rica, they will overtake the U.S. for the second spot and the top three make the World Cup, which begins in August. So if the U.S. falls to the fourth in the region, they will then go on to play winner-takes-all match against the Oceania team for the final spot. It was a great tournament to be at if you could have been at the Australian Open over the weekend. One, because in the women's side, Australian-born Ashley Barty won the women's title to retain her number one world ranking. She beat American Danielle Collins in straight sets for her third Grand Slam title. Barty took the first set in just 32 minutes in direct contrast to the men's match. However, Barty was down one to five in the second set, but dug herself out of that hole to win. Danielle Collins was ranked number 27 coming into the Australian Open. So the home girl gets the title. On the men's side, again, it would have just been amazing to see this because Rafael Nadal has won another Grand Slam title. This makes him singularly the most successful tennis player of all time, according to Grand Slam titles. He now holds that record alone at 21 Grand Slam titles. This was, he was tied with Federer and Djokovic until this tournament. And then if you remember, Djokovic got uh, deported back out of this tournament because he wasn't vaccinated. So Nadal is standing alone now. Nadal had an incredible comeback on Medvedev, who won the first two sets, two to six and six to seven with a fifth tiebreaker. The match lasted five hours and 24 minutes. This is the second longest Grand Slam finals match in history. And he was also involved in the longest, which was Nadal Djokovic at the Australian Open in 2012. That was five hours and 53 minutes. So the match was delayed in the 84th minute because people suck and there was a human rights activist, a.k.a. protester, who jumped onto the court. Because the, and because of that, the match ended at 1.13 a.m. But the Australian Open is the weaker of Nadal's Grand Slams. He only had won one time before this in 2009. This is his second Open title and now has the same amount of wins as the Wimbledon. So congratulations to Rafael Nadal, who sits as the GOAT so far. Okay, let's go over what to watch this upcoming week, and there is a lot of it. So we do have NBA games on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We have no NFL, so we don't have to worry about that. But we've got some great matchups in the NBA. We have the Lakers at the Clippers for the Battle of LA at 9 p.m. on TNT on Thursday. We then have the Knicks at the Lakers at 7.30 on ABC. And the Hawks, who have been on a hot streak lately, will play on Sunday at the Mavericks at 5 p.m. on ESPN. For men's basketball, the top 25 ranked games start on Tuesday, Kansas at 23, Iowa State at 6 p.m. on ESPN. We then see on Wednesday, number 11, Wisconsin at 24, Illinois at 8 p.m. on Big Ten Network and number 14, Villanova at 22, Marquette at 9 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. We have other ranked games. Also on Thursday, we have number seven, UCLA at number three, Arizona as a rematch at 7 p.m. on ESPN. 
And then no ranked games at all on Friday. So all these other days have other ranked games that are not playing a ranked versus ranked opponent except Friday. So Saturday, we've got a doozy of a lineup lined up. We've got, we start the morning with number 20, UConn, at number 14, Villanova, at 11 a.m. We then go on to number four, Baylor, at five, Kansas, in one of the biggest Big 12 showdowns of the highest ranked teams in that conference. That will be at 3 p.m. on ESPN. We also have 15 USC at number three, Arizona at four. And then on Sunday, rounding out the weekend, we've got three games also of ranked opponents. For PGA Tour, you have the AT&T Pebble Beach. Round one is on Thursday with round the final round on Sunday. Round one and two will be at 2 p.m. on Golf Channel. And then moving Saturday to 12 p.m. on Golf Channel and 2 at CBS. That will also repeat for the final round on Sunday. We have a couple of hockey games that are also featured, including on Saturday. There's three games that will be featured on ABC, but the teams and the times were TBA. So getting to what we all wanted to hear about, or at least I know you did because you know I would cover it, is Olympics action starts on Wednesday with curling mixed doubles Australia versus the United States at 6.05 a.m. on NBCSN and again at 5 p.m. on USA if you don't want to get up that early. We then also have USA versus Italy at 7.05 on USA as well. Thursday, we have a full slate of action with curling USA versus Norway at 12.05 and again at 4.45 a.m. on USA. Freestyle skiing, women's moguls and men's moguls qualifying starts that day. Women's hockey also premieres against Finland at 6.30 on USA. A highlight will show every morning at 11 a.m. on NBC and then again primetime at 7 p.m. That night it will feature figure skating, moguls, and freestyle skiing. On Friday, we begin the opening ceremonies at 5.30 a.m. on NBCSN and again at 8 a.m. for those of us who wake up at a normal hour on NBC. We also begin figure skating that day with the men's short program, the team competition, rhythmic dance, and pairs short at 3 p.m. on USA. All that will probably premiere again on primetime. Again, primetime is every night at 7 p.m. on NBC. That night, we have the women's slope style qualifying at 9 p.m. on USA and ski jumping for the men's. On Saturday, we have our first medal events. I'm going to go through now just medal events because now they've started. So we've got cross-country skiing, women's skiathlon at 1.45 a.m. on NBCSN and USA. Then we have freestyle skiing, men's moguls at 4 a.m. Short track men's 1,000, women's 500-meter relay final at 5 a.m. on NBCSN, and the mixed team relay, which is the actual medal event, it'll be at 7.18 a.m. Freestyle skiing men's moguls will also be at 5.30 on USA and 9.30 on USA. The biathlon mixed relay 4 by 6 kilometers will be at 11 a.m. on USA and again at 6.30 p.m. on USA. Ski jumping women's normal at 12.30 p.m. on USA. Short track women's 500 and men's 1,000 at 1.30 p.m. on USA. All of that will go again at prime time. Then alpine skiing men's downhill will be at 9 p.m. on NBCSN and USA. Sunday, only, again, only going over the medal events. Cross-country skiing men's scathlon classic at 1 a.m. on NBC. Speed skating men's 
5,000 meters at 2.30 on NBCSN and USA and again at 1 p.m. on NBC. Ski jumping men's normal hill at 4 p.m. 4 a.m. on NBCSN and again at 1 p.m. on USA. The women's moguls for freestyle skiing will be at 5.30 on USA. Luge begins with the men's singles at 5.30 on NBCSN and again at 9.30 a.m. on USA. We have figure skating medals, pairs, free skate, and alpine skiing women's giant slalom and big air at 6 p.m. on NBC. That will be on regular programming, so definitely be sure you catch that. That is considered prime time, as well as cross-country skiing at men's skiathlon at 6.30 p.m. on USA. Figure skating goes back on NBCSN at 7.15. This will be the team event and free skates. Alpine skiing women's giant slalom will be at 8.15 on USA. That you should pay attention to. We've got some Americans in the mix there. And snowboarding men's slope style at 10 p.m. on NBCSN. So I know that was a lot, but that is all the Olympic action going on. There's so much more on the blog if you wanted to see that. Also, men's soccer comes on on Wednesday versus Honduras at 6.30 p.m. on FS1. That will be the final World Cup qualifying match to determine where we sit in qualifying. So again, thanks for sticking with me through the Olympic section. I know that's a lot. Again, I will try to have another post come out more specifically on what to watch for Beijing 2022. Thanks for tuning in.